from MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Hi, I'm Java Chapman, filling in for Malcolm White, here with the wonderful Carol Puckett. And for the next hour, we will be your guide through Mississippi's great culinary landscape. When it comes to meals, breakfast is believed to be the most important, maybe because it's supposed to be the first meal of the day. But the combination of sweet and savory that make up most Southern breakfasts will make this meal in demand anytime you're hungry. Throughout the show, we will discuss those classic breakfast staples, your local favorite breakfast spots, and chat with John Currents of City Grocery and Big Bad Breakfast. But of course, we want to hear from you this morning and what's happening in your kitchen. one 877 mpb ring that's one 672 7464 or you can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. It's a beautiful morning. And yes, it is a beautiful morning right here on Deep South Dining. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Unfortunately, I'm not Malcolm White, but I am here with Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Well, fortunately, you are Java Chapman. And <laughs> I am so excited about being with you this morning. You're usually on the other side of the glass. Yeah, like I said before, I usually don't come over here. It's been a while since I have guest hosted. Um, I try to stay away from the microphone, but um, I'm, I'm here today ready to serve and uh, talk about some, some, some good food. Well, I don't know why you like to stay away from the microphone because you've spent your life behind a microphone. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's DJ just something Java? different. <laughs> yeah, that's that is in a uh, different capacity, I guess, after five. <laughs> yeah, but good morning, Kara. How are you today? I am so good. I'm a little groggy from the uh, Super Bowl last night. And yeah. And I have to admit, I got up way too early thinking about this breakfast show, and I got up and started reading John Currents's big, big bad breakfast cookbook. So I have, in fact, not had breakfast, and I'm just just kind of getting with it. How about you? Uh, I'm doing fine. I, I saw yesterday with the Super Bowl is actually a thing where it's like the Monday after the Super Bowl, so many people take the day off. Um, but we're here. Um, I enjoyed the the game and the festivities with my family uh, yesterday, and um, and before the game, actually, the Salvation Army. Super Bowl, um, MPB you mean was like soup. Yeah, Is like like Campbell's tomato soup. Or well, no. I no 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 diss or shade to Campbell's, but we're talking a little a little uh, uh, up above uh, <laughs> Campbell's soup. Um, um, uh, yesterday at the Super Bowl at the um, uh, where were we with the Mississippi Ag Museum, not too far from here. Uh, myself, Kevin Farrell, uh, Michelle McAdoo was representing uh, Mississippi Public Broadcast as um, they said, celebrity scoopers, but we were just ready to serve and uh, had a good time well, for a good cause. I think every calls. one of those people is a celebrity. Well, I mean, some people that recognize us uh, say, um, I hear your voice every day on MPB. And, we, you know, we thank them for listening. But it was a good time uh, yesterday for a good cause. And uh, uh, shout out to the Salvation Army for their 23rd annual uh, Super Bowl. And we will be there next year for the 24th. Let me ask you a question because I haven't been to this in a long time. Time. And back when I owned the Everyday Gourmet, uh, my friend, uh, the wonderful Gail Pittman, who, you know, had her pot, she made the bowls, I remember, one year for Super Bowl. And 
were they made was were they made by oh, the mustard seed mustard seed yeah. that's what I saw that yeah the good people at the mustard seed and they were some beautiful beautiful bowls so how does that work do people pay money and get a bowl so do you buy the bowl is what I'm asking yeah you buy yeah you buy the bowl and the proceeds from the bowl sale I believe go back to the mustard seed as far as um um you know being of service for the Salvation Army so you buy your ticket to the Super Bowl and you can come and eat as much soup as much soup as you want there were so many different flavors and varieties and then you had the mustard seed bowl and they also had a silent auction all kind of different things going on yesterday well you know it, it would just be a wonderful thing just to have a mustard seed bowl i've seen their ceramics and they're they're just beautiful yeah they were beautiful and um uh, individually signed so the person who made the bowl you you know you knew who you um who you supported and who you bought it from Okay, well, what did you eat at the Super Bowl at home? Oh, it's oh at home with well, my dad is the resident our resident family grill master. So of course he grilled some chicken wings. Uh, we had some uh, some turkey burgers and um, uh, some turkey dogs. I guess on the lighter side, but the classics Rotel and um, and my mom got always to have does some Rotel, some cheese product. You got to some Velveeta somewhere. <laughs> you got to just drizzle it on whatever you want. And um, it was a it was a good time last night. It was real good. But we're talking about breakfast this morning, and if you want to join our conversation, it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's one eight seven seven MPB ring or send us an email to food at mpbonline.org. And I can say Carol and I are doing really bad this morning because I didn't have breakfast either. I don't know what's 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 the deal with that. Breakfast seems to be the most skipped meal of the day all that, the time. That's not a good thing. And if anybody out there hears us, we would certainly like breakfast from Primo's or, <laughs> yeah, that's or not, Broad not, Street. Or, not too far. Come on. Uh, help us out. <laughs> but the, the thing the listeners could really help us with this morning is to let us know their favorite breakfast places from all around the state. Yes. You know, Malcolm put uh, a call out on Facebook, and I've kind of compiled a little list from him, but we need all corners of the state. We need to hear from people what are the best breakfast places, and we want to do a shout-out to them. And who knows, Java, we could even write a book. Yeah, we hey, we can travel around the state, and we can put it together. MPB um, got some coins in the pocket that could help us out. <laughs> but yeah, for everybody from South Haven all the way down to uh, Bay St. Louis, we want to know what you are, uh, what your favorite breakfast spots are. Are you getting the biscuits and gravy, the shrimp and grits? Oh, and I got. Uh, we have Mr. Shrimp and Grits coming up on the telephone. In yeah, we got to we got to talk to John Currents from Big Bad uh, Breakfast and City Grocery coming up a little bit later in the hour. But like I said, we want to hear from you one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Now, Carol, when you don't skip breakfast like this morning, what 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 is kind of your go to, or what are you trying to do when you want breakfast in the morning? Well, I, I kind of eat light first thing in the morning. You know, for me, it's probably an English muffin or an English muffin and an egg or yogurt and granola or sometimes a smoothie. And last week I was very into smoothies because we had guests on the show that actually yeah, Chef brought, LeBron, yeah. Chef, he brought 
uh, a ginger kale smoothie. So I'm kind of on a theme right now. Yeah, smoothies are uh, smoothies are the way to go. I know when we first got a ninja, uh, my wife she was just on the smoothie the smoothie uh, train. I mean, from kale and the spinach and the pineapples and it was whatever kind of frozen um, fruit you could get. She had <laughs> the mangoes and everything. So yeah, smoothies are always a, a nice go to. Myself, I'm more of a um, I guess kind of a milk type of uh, uh, person with the egg and the meat and the cheese and the butter and the bread. I know I'm not supposed to be eating all of that, but it's it's so good for me in the morning time. Well, I didn't say what I ate on the weekend. (laughs) To me, the weekend is time for big breakfast. And I mean, it, it can be all over the map. I love to cook breakfast food from frittatas yes yeah to breakfast casseroles to um there's a, a french toast casserole actually that my sister helen wrote about in one of her cookbooks um you know i'm all over the map on the weekend it's got to be big okay. and always grits always has to have grits yeah and we're going to do if we have some time we're going to take a, a nice deep dive on some grits so um delta blues rice delta grind if you're listening go ahead and get get, get ready to call grits girl get, get ready to call us uh right here on the show but let's jump on the telephone um we put the call out and we got some uh some people want to talk to us this morning uh let's talk with timothy from louisiana go ahead timothy how you doing today Let's see. And, uh, and um, oatmeal for breakfast this morning. I, that's what I've been. I'm an old guy now. See, so you have to think about what you're going to eat before you know to, to to maintain the good health. You know, when I was young, I'd eat anything. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. Oatmeal is a nice, a nice, and a quick breakfast too. That's another thing I know for myself yeah. with the family. Uh, we always clicking on all cylinders in the morning, trying to be out the door. So oatmeal, yeah, I'm gonna put that well, in my I bag. Well, I have to ask, ask Timothy, what kind of oatmeal are you using? Like an instant, or are you doing like a, a steel Quaker oats? I'm good old-fashioned Quaker, Quaker oats you know? guy. Yep. I'm a Quaker myself, and you know, the, um, I was raised. Don't eat any bacon or pork, you know. But I don't tell my mother this. <laughs> uh, um, I occasionally do. When I go a week without sin, I'll have some pork, you know. Just to put it, just to put it on the books. <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, I don't want to get a big head, right? And, and when it comes to eating pork, there's two places on earth that I love to have breakfast at. And that is the Hummingbird Hotel Grill and Bar in on Ramparts in New Orleans. Okay, the Hummingbird. And they put out a real good spread. And the other is the Crescent City Cafe on Hate and Ashbury Streets in, in San Francisco. Well, it's on Hate Street, just two blocks down from Ashbury. Okay, well, we appreciate you calling in and letting us know about that, Timothy. We're going to jump in. We have a good day, man. We're going to jump over to um, uh, Joe in Gulfport, who's going to tell us where he likes to eat breakfast this morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, we're all right. We're hanging in there. Go ahead with your comment. Y'all making my mouth water talking about all this breakfast food. Well, it's the most important meal of the day. That's what they say. It is. Fit for a king, man. No, I, uh, I'm one of the guys who likes to go out with friends a lot, and uh, and you're talking about breakfast on the weekend, Sunday brunch, man. That's one of the most fun meals I ever have. Oh, I hear that. 
And uh, one of my favorite places, uh, I don't know if y'all have been, but in Biloxi there's a place called the White Pillars. And uh, they put on one of the one of the best brunches I've ever been to. It's all local food. Uh, it tastes incredible. Austin Summerall is the chef, and uh, and he's an artist man, back in the kitchen. And he's got a crew that does some incredible work. It just every time I go there, I get the avocado toast. If you've never had an avocado toast at the White Pillars, I would get it three nights a week if I could. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. It's light. It uh, it it fills you up. I love it. Well, it's such a gift to the people of Mississippi that we have the white pillars back uh, you know, after years and years of being abandoned and what a beautiful place it is and a great restaurant. And um, I think we should head down there and get some of Chef Austin's avocado toast. I'm down. <laughs> well, appreciate you calling in this morning, Joe. Thank you for that, right. man. Y'all have a wonderful day. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to our first break of the hour. And um, as you can hear, we're talking about breakfast all across the state. Like I said, from South Haven all the way down to the coast, wherever you like to eat breakfast this morning, we want to hear from you and uh, let us know uh, even what's happening in your kitchen uh, during the early morning breakfast hours. But when we come back, we're going to be speaking with the one and only, the James Beard award-winning City grocery owning, <laughs> big bad breakfast book writing, uh, John Currents. So make sure you do stay tuned and join our conversation. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman filling in for Malcolm White and here with Carol Puckett, who is jamming a little bit to that little Milton, Mississippi native Grits Ain't Groceries. Grits Ain't Groceries. I miss little Milton. Yeah. Lost he died him. way too young. He died you know, right before the real blues resurgence. There and, we go. You know, he, he had uh, carried the torch for so long and been such an important part and great representative for Mississippi. Yeah, and that's why I always say we have to um, hold on and embrace Bobby Rush, one of the uh, last original blues men. You Absolutely. know, fall in that line just with uh, Little Milton. Um, but let's go ahead and jump on the phone lines. And like I said, we're going to talk to Mr. Big Bad Breakfast himself, uh, John Currents. Good morning, John. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great. Good morning, you guys, and good morning, Mississippi. Well, Mississippi says good morning back to you. We we are so grateful that you took time away from busy man, busy, busy man, busy man, uh, just to name a few of 
of John's Ventures, of course, the legendary City Grocery, Snack Bar, which, you know, we talked with uh, Vish, mm-hmm. Vish Bad, who also won a James Beard Award, Boo-Ray, and Big Bad Breakfast. And, John, I was actually in the audience when you won your James Beard Award, and, you know, that was such an exciting time for me and for all of us in Mississippi. Well, I'm just I'm just glad to know that that uh, that there are at least two of us that remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so how are things but, at Big Big Bad Breakfast this morning? Uh, things are uh, are wonderfully busy. Uh, you know, here, Nashville, Charleston, and uh, and 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 all points are around the globe where the brand has landed. So we're uh, we're we're very happy with the with the way things are going. Well, I mean, you hit really um, a nerve for people when you open the one in Oxford. I mean, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's, it's, the, go, it's the go-to. I like it because the, the mix of sweet and savory, John. And why was it Why was it important to, I guess, put that focus? You could have, you know, opened a general restaurant or just, you know, went a different direction. But that specific focus on breakfast, why was that important to you, John? Well, I mean, for a number of reasons. I mean, you, you, you have to take into account that, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, you know, sort of during the civil rights era in New Orleans. And so uh, lunch counters and uh, and breakfast service at those lunch counters uh, and Greasy Spoon cafes around New Orleans, uh, you know, were a part of the landscape uh, as, as I grew up. And with the proliferation of, of chains and the, the way that uh, businesses functioned, uh, you know, as they changed over the years, those places began to, to dry up. And they were a big part of my life. And, uh, you know, I just I always adored breakfast. It was, uh, you know, going out to breakfast was, was super special for my brother and I, uh, you know, to go out with my dad in the morning before he went to work. And, uh, you know, we felt important. Um, but then if you combine that with the fact that in you know, 2008, when I was conceiving of, of Big Bad Breakfast, um, you know, nobody uh, in, in sort of my circle of chef friends had, had for a second, you know, given breakfast a thought. And, you know, my feeling was from a, a you know, a, a restaurant standpoint, you know, we had sort of surrendered breakfast to uh, Waffle House and, and, uh, and Cracker Barrel and whatnot. Um, and not that that's a bad thing, but that just nobody had stepped back and said, Okay, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. How come nobody has uh, has, has ever treated it, you know, the same way that we that we treat and elevate food, uh, you know, in the lunch and dinner uh, meal segments? And it just seemed like uh, you know a perfect opportunity uh, to to dive in and do that. And so so that's what we did. We wanted to make a uh, you know a breakfast place where we created everything from scratch, everything that we did. Well, John, when you use the word elevate, uh, elevating breakfast, I mean, I think that's the perfect word to describe the feeling I had the first time, I guess, back in 2008 or nine that I, I went there. You, you elevated the meat. You elevated the biscuits. It was uh, you know, the idea then of having in-house cured meats was, was pretty important. Tabasco brown sugar bacon. I was cured. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was important, and it was 
largely illegal at the time too. That was the the fun part. There was there was something mischievous about it as well. I mean, when we when we built our smokehouse to start curing our own bacon, you know, the health department uh, here, the fire department, building inspectors, like they didn't know what in the world to make of what we were doing, and there was no precedent for it around here. And it's been, you know, smokehouses are so few and far between now. You know that sort of segment of of uh you know of health policy you know it's just you know gotten erased because nobody does those sorts of things anymore and uh you know that's why you know a lot of guys struggled with health departments um when they started doing charcuterie um because there just there wasn't anything written and you know we're holding meat cured meats at you know in the in the worst of the temperature and bacteria danger zone in the eyes of the health department um and so it was, uh, you know, we were we were involved in, uh, you know, in sort of a nefarious project. Now, John, you just, you you snuck, you snuck a word in there that I don't know the uh, the meaning of. What's what's charcuterie? Um, charcuterie is the is the broad term for all cured uh, meats like salamis, hams. Uh, it's it's sort of a catch all so that when you go into a restaurant and uh, and you get a platter of sort of cheeses and meats and pickles and whatnot, that's a a, a charcuterie platter. So everybody in Deep South Dining uh, listening land, we've had our vocabulary word of the day, charcuterie. <laughs> We're talking with John Kearns from Big Bad Breakfast, also City Grocery uh, this morning. If you want to uh, maybe pick John's brain a little bit, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's one eight seven seven. MPB ring. Now, John, um, we're um, sitting here talking about breakfast this morning and you can't go anywhere in the South or anywhere in the world that has a quote unquote Southern breakfast and you don't have grits on the plate. So um, talk to me a little bit about um, your your perfect grits. Well, um, you know, we we have a, a particular uh, corn that's that's ground for us and and I feel very strongly. I mean, uh, I think a lot of us grew up with, uh, you know, with Quaker grits um, that were, uh, you know, a is a mediocre product that uh, you know are are poorly prepared most of the time. Um, and so for me, a you know a stone ground grit that has got a nice nice depth of flavor that's cooked with butter and milk and stock, um, and then typically finished, you know, for me with just a a tiny little touch of garlic um, and a lighter cheese to, to add creaminess to it. And then, of course, just um, an ungodly amount of butter. Um, <laughs> you know, so Always. Uh, you know, it's, it's, like a, it's like a bowl full of warm popcorn is yeah. what you taste like. John, I don't know if you were up that early in the morning the year that Rick Bragg gave the keynote at the Southern Foodways Alliance. It was 8 a.m., and a lot of people were still... Um, a little <laughs> from the night before. A little hungover from the night before. I, I, I remember, but anyway, Rick Bragg's a famous Southern author said that grits was only a blank canvas for salt and butter, and we all we roundly booed him. But that was his opinion. Well, and you know, you have to think about where where Rick grew up and uh, and and how he grew up. I mean, he he did not. Uh, probably grow up where uh, you know they were, you know they were uh, sort of scouring the landscape for a 
for a uh, an artisan grit. You know, he, right. he probably ate Hard a whole scramble. lot of watery nastiness, like chicken feed. Um, <laughs> well, but uh, but now and don't and don't don't you forget for a second, Carol, but that that. Uh, that I'm the first man up at the SFA because well because you never <laughs> go to cooking. sleep I know you never go to sleep but one grits question uh, Java and I are very excited that Garden and Gun magazine gave ten full pages to grits this morning I mean this month and we're going to talk about that later but as you open these restaurants around the country around the South do you feature grits from that area or do you pretty much stay with one stone ground grit um we 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 try to feature um from everywhere we go and we've been successful in uh, in most places uh, strangely enough uh nashville has has been a place where we've really struggled to to find a uh um a grit product that is uh that, that's local um that uh you know all the chefs that i spoke to and as, as hard as i um sort of searched around we really couldn't find anything it was better than the uh, than the grits that we do in Oxford, and so our uh, original Grit Girl grits are our fallback product uh, whenever we get to a place where we we can't find something. But uh, there there there's some the McEwen's grits that we use over. Yeah, in I saw that you use McEwen's in Birmingham. Right, and then of course uh, in Charleston uh, we use uh, Anson Mills, um, and uh, and you know what Glenn does, he's a he's a sorcerer. Um, and so his grits are just spectacular. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we, we try to, to, uh, to create a little bit of a footprint, uh, wherever we go and source, uh, different ingredients where we are. I mean, we, we look for honey. Um, we look for local hot sauces, uh, grits if we can find them. Um, but there are certain things like coffee that we've, we've got a coffee program that, that runs across the entire brand. Uh, what is your number one seller? If, if if all of your customers got together and voted or said their favorite recipe, uh, would it be breakfast crumble or or what do you well, think? Well, I mean, I can I, I can I can give you exact documentation <laughs> um, because we we look at those product mix reports uh, weekly, um, and without uh, without any exception. The, uh, the the big bad breakfast plate uh, is is about uh, a full fifty percent of what we sell in uh, in each one of the stores. I mean, folks come in for breakfast. That's a beautiful thing about breakfast. You know, people have a routine, and they're sort of set in in what they want. And so that American breakfast plate is uh, you know is uh, is uh, is the number one seller. Um, then our uh, big bad breakfast uh, uh, skillet. Uh, scramble is the uh, is the next thing in almost all the stores. Uh, then our big fat buttermilk pancakes fall in there. Um, oh man! <laughs> and then it sort of goes down from there. Avocado toast that uh, I heard somebody talking about a minute ago um, is a is a huge seller at most of the stores. Um, and uh, and then it just sort of falls down into a field that is pretty even after that across the menu. Now, John, can you hold on for a minute? Because when we come back from this break, I want to talk to you about shrimp and grits. Just two simple things, and and, and they go hand in hand together. It's almost like Kool-Aid and ice or something. (laughs) Nobody knows that better than I do, I promise. 
we're going to go ahead and take our next break for the hour. Um, we're speaking with John Kearns from City Grocery and Big Bre- Big Bad Breakfast. If you want to join our conversation this morning, it's one eight seven seven. MPB ring that's one 672 7464 or you can send us an email to food at mpbonline.org when we come back we're going to continue talking with John but we also want to hear from you where are you eating your big bad breakfast um, across the state or what are you even making up in your kitchen this is Deep South Dining you're listening to MPB Think Radio Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman here with Carol Puckett, filling in for Malcolm White, who's out this week. And if you've missed any part of today's show, um, you can always listen back, mpbonline.org slash Deep South Dining, or subscribe to the podcast using any podcasting app, or my personal favorite way to stay connected to MPB is through the MPB public media app. Now, for all my parents out there, just if just if you didn't know, you can get MPB Kids, the television station, the 24-hour uh, educational cartoon network is like what I like to call it, right on your phone through the app. You can do that, Carol. Well, gosh, I guess I better go home and do that. Yeah, because I, I mean, don't have any kids. Well, I'm always. But I'm a, a kid at heart. I'm always around three little um, uh, grubbers, as I say, <laughs> crumb snatchers. <laughs> um, but we're talking with John Kearns this morning from Big Bad Breakfast. And if you want to join our conversation, it's one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And right before the break, uh, John, I said I wanted to talk to you about two simple things that go together. Like, um, oh, I wish I could. Uh, uh, Shaq and Kobe, peanut <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Shaq and Kobe, uh, rest in peace to uh, the great Kobe Bryant. Salt and pepper. There we go. Liz, Liz in the um, in the booth, just giving me all the the goods this morning. But uh, shrimp and grits, John. Yeah, I think you have been kind of these things have been attached to your name, like John Curran shrimp and grits. <laughs> shrimp and grits. <laughs> Well, and it's a, it's one of those things that I, you know, I like to think at this point, you know, it, it uh, shrimp and grits has its, uh, its origins in the, in the low country of, uh, of South Carolina around, uh, around Charleston. Um, but it is something that, that, that I ate growing up. My family's, uh, from North Carolina and South Carolina. And so it was a, uh, a regular, uh, staple, uh, Sunday breakfast dish, uh, with, uh, with my grandparents. And so it's something that I grew up with, but I never saw on a uh, on a restaurant menu uh, until I went to work at Crook's Corner in Chapel Hill, and 
Tripp and Grits were the uh, the the backbone of of, uh, of Crooks Corner's uh, reputation. Crooks was a, a restaurant that was widely recognized as uh, the the place that sort of uh, first gave uh, Southern cooking uh, you know, the opportunity for uh, for real legitimization. Uh, Craig Claiborne uh, went and and ate there in the in the early 1980s and and sort of declared it. The reason that uh, that folks should should sit up and listen, um, you know, uh, about the the conversation about southern food. And Bill um, ne- Bill Neal, the chef who you know sadly was with us only for a very short period of time, you know, really, you know, with his book cemented a lot of those concepts and just uh i think he was so lucky and and you were so lucky to to get to work with him i think maybe you started as a dishwasher and got to work on the line there when you were very young is that right that's absolutely right but uh but when i left uh, i put shrimp and grits in my pocket bill bill would never make it as spicy as i wanted to because i was you know early uh as and as i grew into my career was just dumb enough that you know, I felt like every recipe that, that I had, I needed to add more stuff to it. And the more I added, the more complex and nuanced it would get. Um, because you're a New and, Orleans uh, guy. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and so I sat on it quite literally, uh, you know, for, for the better part of a, of a decade until, uh, until I you know, got to, to Oxford to open City Grocery and just knew that, you know, shrimp and grits would, would be a smash hit if we did it. And so we did. And, uh, when we opened, we were just really fortunate that um, we had a visit from a, uh, a writer from the from the London Times, from the L.A. Times, and from the Delta In-Flight Magazine, who all wrote about our shrimp and grits in the matter uh, in a matter of, of of about eight weeks. These articles all came out, and uh, and next thing you know, you know, shrimp and grits became a uh, a real conversation starter. With chefs, and you started seeing it, uh, you know, more and more in the uh, in the mid '90s. Um, but uh, I like to say that now, you know, we in Mississippi can claim a little bit of the, uh, you know, of the origin of it uh, in uh, in city grocery. Now we can uh, give a give a quick tip for some of our home cooks out there, and myself included. How do you keep the grits from being stiff? Because if you don't eat them immediately. I, you might as well just throw the pot away. <laughs> oh, no. no. You just, no, no, no. All you need to do is go back. It's like when mashed potatoes tighten up. Um, the, that starch will continue to develop uh, in them, and so they will tighten and tighten and tighten, and all you have to do is come back and warm a little bit of milk or a little bit of stock or a little bit of water and stir it in, and they'll magically go back to the uh, the exact consistency that you want. Well, I guess if that consistency was already a little stiff, then <laughs> and it may set, set you behind the eight ball a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead, Carol. Well, I wanted to ask John about the names of his recipes. One of, uh, well, his breakfast items at Big Bad Breakfast. One of the things I love from the very first is that Big Bad Breakfast is a play on the Larry Brown book, Big Bad Love. And Larry... <laughs> was a wonderful Oxford writer and firefighter, and I believe he was a very close friend of yours, John. Is that right? He was. He was. And the, uh, and the, the, the great irony was um, that, uh, that Larry loved breakfast more than any other meal of the day, 
but he ran around and behaved so badly and 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 never ended up uh you know in in bed until three or four in the morning that uh that he he never got to eat breakfast he always missed it slept through it and so when the, when the name hit me uh his widow marianne was was working at the uh at the city offices and uh and i and i drove over to see her and and told her what I was thinking about and thought Big Bad Breakfast would be funny and, and people would love it. And so she cried and I cried and we hugged each other and that name was cemented right there. And, and the rest is history. But yes, Oxford sir. being a literary town uh, gave you an opportunity to populate your menu with lots of references to the writers in your life. And um, you had the secret history omelet. Right. And... The brulee grapefruit is named Tender Hooks for Beth Ann Finley's book. Correct. And do you ha- still have with signs following on the menu? Uh, I, I do. Okay. Well, shout out to Joe York. And you know, one thing I was going to ask, ask you also is who is Redneck Benny? Oh, wow. And what is Redneck Benny? Um, well, Redneck Benny is is nobody. Um, Redneck Benny was just a uh, just what we thought we were. We were sort of dumbing down and countryfying a uh, uh, an eggs Benedict by putting it on these fried hash brown cakes and uh, with country ham instead of uh, Canadian bacon, and um, you know, so that we we were putting a little bit of a of a Mississippi redneck spin on the on the eggs Benedict. That's cool. Have I missed anything on literary illusions, or have you done that in any of your other Big Bad Breakfast locations? Well, I don't, I don't know how far we're broadcasting here, so my apologies to the folks over in Alabama. But when we we got ready to to, to move over to Alabama, we just you know we knew that that those uh, those book titles wouldn't translate because all the dishes were named for different um, literary works that had come from Mississippi authors and. Uh, so we used to joke about the fact that, well, you know, since folks over in Alabama don't read books uh, with <laughs> pictures in them, um, that, uh, that we were going to have to change the names of those dishes. Well, I think our mobile so. uh, <laughs> listeners may not take too kindly to those words. <laughs> they <laughs> know he's kidding. Yeah, no, he's all right, Jane. They You're know right. he's like a, a New Orleans I, guy shooting I, at Mobile. That's right. I'm... Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I am kidding, um, but we, but we did, or, or I felt it's funny. My partner wanted to keep my partner from Alabama wanted to keep the uh, the names of the dishes the same, but my contention was is that you know as we got farther away from Oxford that folks would not get that, and and to be perfectly honest, like one of my greater pet peeves when I go into a restaurant is when dishes do have names, and those names don't mean anything to me as a customer. You know, they're just kind of silly. And uh, so, I just, you know, I said, we need to simplify this. So, as, you know, as we build this, this concept and, and move down the road, you know, we're not confusing people and aggravating them when they first look at the menu. Yeah, kind of silly, like the like the North Lamar wake up call. Um, <laughs> that's I'm on my side of the menu right now. Oh, you're and, over on your side. In, in, yeah. in the, in the, the cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the libations. I mean, I mean, you got you have rum and coffee. Uh, I mean, hey, you can wake up. It's he has North- a good Bloody Mary. Yeah, the BBB wow. Bloody Mary. Yeah, talk we, about we, this. We we like we like to think that you know Big Bad Breakfast provides folks uh, with an opportunity. To make a uh, a questionable decision in the uh, in the morning, and uh, and maybe just throw responsibility aside for the day if they have a good enough time, um, 
and uh, and live it up a little bit. Yeah, a good a good breakfast will make you do that. Like if you have a very good breakfast, Carol, you might as well just count the whole day a wash. Just <laughs> yeah, and to both of you guys, we can eat breakfast all day long. Right. Well, and then if you if you do that and have a Bloody Mary and decide that Bloody Mary was good and have another one and then maybe have four more, then you're really going to throw the day away. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be some napping going on. So, John, what did you have for breakfast this morning? What did I have for breakfast? He yes. skipped it. He skipped it. Like we did. Uh, I, have not, I have not had breakfast there we yet go. because uh, I got up to uh, take my daughter to school and I have coffee in the morning. Um, but I am looking at a, uh, a pot of... Um, of leftover chili from the Super Bowl that uh, I'm getting ready to make an omelet, mm-hmm. and I will throw that chili with some cheese inside of an omelet. Um, oh, and yum. Then just drown it in hot drown it in hot sauce, and that will be my breakfast in about 15 minutes. Well, I didn't eat breakfast because at 5.30 this morning I got up and had a cup of coffee, and I started reading your cookbook, Big Bad Breakfast, and kind of got stuck. <laughs> you know, like uh, I was kind of on hillbilly eggs who sard. And going through some of the recipes, and then the next thing I knew, it was time to come here. So, so how is the cookbook done? Uh, it's been fantastic. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's sold well just because you know folks here in uh, in Mississippi are just wonderfully supportive of of everything that we do, and um, you know, and then you throw that on top of. Uh, you know, having a companion cookbook to a, uh, a chain of restaurants, you know, that are that number seven right now, and we've got three more in development. Um, so, you know, we kind of have, uh, you know, an, an, an eternal shelf life on that book because, you know, folks are always going to buy it, uh, you know, when when they go into the restaurant. So, and they're available in all the restaurants with the rest of our, of our merchandise. Well, I... Highly recommend the book to all of our listeners. It's a beautiful book all the way through. Fabulous pictures, great recipes, and it has shelf life because breakfast is forever. That, that, now that is a word right there, Carol. Breakfast is forever. And uh, John, we want to thank you for joining us this morning. My um, uh, next time I'm in Oxford, I am coming to Triple B's, and that is a promise. My uh, mother is from Oxford, so I have family up there. The next time I'm in town, I'm coming to Triple B's. You better do it. I mean, we like we like to say that the best thing about uh, about serving breakfast is that breakfast is a uh, is a happy meal time. Nobody nobody really comes in grumpy, and you know, I tell folks all the time, it's like I don't think that ever anybody ever broke up with their girlfriend or their boyfriend or got fired at breakfast. Yeah, no, that is true. That's a, <laughs> like the comedian exactly. said, "How you beefing over cereal?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, John. Well, we appreciate Thank we appreciate you, you for joining us, John. And uh, we've been speaking with John Kearns from City Gro- Grocery and uh, Big Bad Breakfast. Next time you're in Oxford, uh, make sure you go by and get some good eats. Uh, we're going to take our last break for the hour. We do have some callers on the line. Edgar uh, from Jackson, William from Starkville. We're coming to you as soon as we get back from this break. And if you want to join the conversation, it's a one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464 or send us at email food at mpbonline.org We'll be ready to wrap up Deep South Dining right after the break. You're listening to Think Radio. I'm 
Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Java Chapman here with Carol Puckett, and we're talking about breakfast, your favorite places to eat breakfast, what you like to eat for breakfast. And let's go ahead and jump into the phone lines. Edgar has been waiting so patiently um, this morning. Good morning, Edgar. How are you doing? Good morning, guys. How are you this morning? Oh, we're hanging in there. Uh, what, what What's on your mind for breakfast today? Well, uh, first of all, I just want to say, you know, you, uh, it's going to be brief because I'm on the road, but, you know, you can't talk about a sudden breakfast unless you talk about biscuits. Oh, Ooh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you got to mention some biscuits in there, not only with some biscuits and some butter, but I'm going back to my early days growing up in the Delta. We had biscuits, and we used to do what we call sopping. I know how to sop. How about you, Java? <laughs> well, you know how to sop? You bet I do. <laughs> but what were you sopping in? I was sopping in saga molasses with butter. Ooh. I could Jesus. also sop in tomato gravy or sausage gravy. Well, you could do that either. But I'm talking about in breakfast in the morning, we'd have, of course, you, uh, we'd have grits. And someone mentioned how you... Uh, I, I think, Job, you asked how you prevent the clumping and grits, and you got to keep stirring those bad boys, too, you know. There we go. I yeah, need Java, all the tips. You just can't walk away. I need all uh-huh. the tips. <laughs> you got to stir, and you have, we'd have our grits, and we'd have our, what we call, well, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, my brother-in-law's band, Herbert Wiley. He had a, 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 a an instrument that he called stricoline, because we used to eat that stricoline that was, was that pork fat? That Ooh. was our bacon. Oh, okay. All right. Now, see, when you <laughs> bring the meats in, you're coming on my side. <laughs> okay. Well, Edgar, I hope you were listening earlier when Java played Little Milton. I actually thought about you being a, a Delta Blues scholar. Yeah, you uh, know I was. Oh, there you go. <laughs> when you said Good St. Grocery, that, That's that right. was one of my first albums. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm traveling. I can't talk long, but I just wanted to mention, you know, you got to bring biscuits into breakfast if you're talking about southern breakfast. You guys take care, and thanks for taking my call. Uh, okay. Thank you, uh, Edgar, for uh, joining us this morning. I really appreciate that. Let's stay on the phones, and let's talk with William in Starkville. Good morning, William. Good morning. Uh, I may be in over my head. Uh, uh, I heard Edgar refer. I did picked up kind of late in your program, and, and uh, he mentioned specifically Southern breakfast. And I'm a Yankee, and, and so I'm not sure whether I'm a, a good assessment. All I was going to say is that that we that we have a Saturday morning walking group uh, that uh, goes out. <clears throat> I'm retired for ages, and and we do a long walk, and we look for restaurants that are open early on Saturday morning, and, and while there's several classic ones uptown in Starkville, so that we don't have to travel the same route and can get out into some of the more interesting edges, uh, long walks on the edge of town, we found the Breakfast Club, which is right off of Highway 12 on Eckford Drive, and uh, have enjoyed meeting there after our long walk. There's good parking, and uh, uh as I say, they have grits. They have all the classic uh, stuff that you refer to, and the service is good. And I like the way they handle their uh, their checkout. It's uh, it's kind of uh, unique. 
I haven't figured out whether it's on the honor system or, or not, but the, it's a nice group and a good place for a fine breakfast as, as early. They're only open since the breakfast club. They close just after lunch, and I think they open at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. What's the, na- so what's the name of it, William? The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast oh, Club. Okay, the okay. Breakfast Club. We're going we're to put that on our list. But, um, yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty new. It's a, it's a relatively new building. It hasn't been there for decades and decades. But uh, uh, as I said, uh, they're so they're so nice, and and I especially like, as I say, that checkout <laughs> arrangement. It's like <laughs> some of those old restaurants in uh, down in in Laurel or some of the central places in Mississippi, where you just came in and sat down around the table, and there was a. Uh, uh, a, 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 what do you call a, a rotation in the middle, and, and you just helped yourself and paid when you left. Yeah, the lazy Susan. <laughs> and as far as being a Yankee, we we adopt you. It sounds like you've been here a while, but any any man who walks for a Southern breakfast, that's a Southern man. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, we, thank you so much for calling. Else is Southern in the group. Come to think, but they're not all Southern either. That's right. We've got an international group, but we we like this place and hope that uh, others may find it. So, all right. Well, we appreciate okay, you, uh, call, you calling in this morning, William. He really sparked my sparked my uh, mind when he said that about the walking group because I guess one of my um, great goals in life is to become an older a older man and sit with a group of fellow older men early in the morning drinking coffee. Well, it's, <laughs> for no reason. You know, it's something that goes around all over the place. And I was going to kind of go to the list that Malcolm got on Facebook. And that reminds me of the BTC grocery in Water Valley, Mississippi, mm-hmm. which is good for lunch. But also it's wonderful to walk in for breakfast and see a big table of people sitting around having coffee swapping stories, um, telling some, lies. Some, some, say some truthful, some yep, not so truthful. Yep. <laughs> but some of, the, some of the restaurants on Malcolm's list are Harbor View Cafe, Long Beach, Mississippi. Okay. Uh, before Katrina, I remember it was in, in uh, my hometown of Past Christian, but it, it's a great breakfast. We go to the top of the state for blue and white from Tunica in Tunica. And the Neighborhood Grill in Olive Branch. And here's one called T-Bone's Record Shop and Cafe in Hattiesburg. And I've eaten there because it's also a record shop. And, um, and you're it, a DJ. You're DJ Java. I, I mean, hey, it just goes hand in hand. And, yeah, it, it's, it's a good place. It's a nice place. And several people sent in Mockingbird uh, Cafe in Bay St. Louis. Okay. And it it's fine. I hadn't been there in a long time, but I think we had like four people send that one in. And so. we can't forget about um, the broken egg. And um, I believe Liz was telling me um, that there was another one just opened in Ridgeland. Yeah, that's a good one. It was in Ridgeland. Another broken egg was the name of the restaurant in Ridgeland. They just opened one in Flowood. Ah, there we go. You got to you got to um, bring Central Mississippi into the into the mix. Uh, well, Carol, this has been fun. Let's I'm, go I'm, have breakfast. I'm happy to be on this side of the glass. And uh, Malcolm, you can stay away as much as you want. <laughs> no, no, no. He'll be back next week. But Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show. 
today was engineered by the wonderful Liz Gill, who is also our call screener for Carol Puckett, our guest John Currents, I'm Java Chapman, and stay tuned because we're going to have special coverage from NPR of the Trump impeachment trial. So make sure you do stay tuned. That's coming up at 10. And as always, check out Deep South Dining next Monday at 9, only on MPB Think Radio.